Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show the fabulous Sally Stewart from Link Business Broking, New South Wales, who just doesn't sit still. And today I'm talking to Sally all about a fabulous virtual summit for aspiring practice owners called A Path to Purchase. In this episode, we talk all about the summit, what the summit is about, and why Sally had the idea or the brainchild for the summit in the first place. And Sally shares some great stories about issues that she has seen her buyers face as they gear up to acquire medical practices, dental practices, and other allied health practices. So um, if that is an industry that's of interest to you, I tell you what, this episode is an absolute must. So buckle in, and here we go with our discussion with Sally. Sally, hi, I just wanted to welcome you to the Deal Room Podcast. Thanks so much for this opportunity. It's it's amazing. Thank you. Oh, look, I'm so excited to be chatting about this with you, Sally. Actually, I'm just super excited about this seminar. Um, I, I guess it's not a seminar. It's a summit. This summit. It's um, it, it's it's such a great idea. And and once again, what we're talking about here is a path to purchase, which is a summit for aspiring practice owners. Um, so why don't we? first talk just really quickly about it. So who it's aimed for, what's the audience that um, you you think will be most interested in the summit? Sure. So it's aimed at practice buyers. So I work only in the health space. So I support business owners of medical, dental, allied health, NDIS and aged care support businesses, primarily GP practices. Um, A lot of practice uh, own or wannabes have never done it before so they have no idea about business they do the whole six years at university they don't do one business unit and then they yeah. go on and do four more years of training and they don't yes. do any business studies yeah then they pop out at the end as fellow uh, brgps and they want to run a business but they've never had any official training in that area so it's my goal to help them and to demystify and de-risk a lot uh, so that they can buy a business and effectively run that business with the skills that they've learned through the people that I've connected them to as trusted advisors. So it's it's primarily aimed for new practice owners in the health space. Mm. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. Then, you, you know, I guess the sort of information that we'll be covering this summit could also be, um, you know, of use to medical practitioners who already have their own practice but are looking to expand by adding, um, you know, adding other health services or, or um, you know, adding in, just increasing the client base by acquisition as well. So, you know, it's it could be the, the summit will... Um, I, I guess it really covers a cross-section of anyone who's looking to acquire any of these types of businesses. Absolutely. So growth through acquisition is 
uh, a premium way for business owners to increase their footprint in the medical community. Yeah, I read I read an article on LinkedIn this morning that says good medicine practice and business ownership don't need to be mutually exclusive. So there's no reason to think I'm a great doctor. I shouldn't be a business person. So I think mm. there's plenty of great doctors out there that are very entrepreneurial and I see a lot of doctors that own upwards of 20 practices. Mm. They're not the corporates, they're not the big IPNs and the primaries of, of the nation, but these are very astute business people who are also great clinicians. They always want to treat patients. They always want to stay close to their patients, but they also want to grow a, a very successful business. Because they have clicked into where where the opportunity is to really grow value by getting size through acquisition. Correct, yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's exciting then, isn't it, to um, to have a summit that can deal with all of the people who are at the beginning and then also, you know, perhaps further further through that process of growing their practices through acquisition. So can, can I start off by maybe, Sally, um, finding out where this idea came from? Why a summit? And sure. what, what, what was the initial original idea behind it all? So, Joanna, yeah, thanks for asking that. I went to India in the first two weeks of March this year and I came back to Australia less than 24 hours after they introduced the self-isolation. So wow. I, I got off the plane and I was stuck in inside my office where I am now for the first two weeks of March. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, so to, <laughs> I'm so used to going in the office every day and interact, interacting with all my colleagues and, and seeing people and I had to sit here in the office and I looked around and there's a post-it note on my desk that I'd written from a meeting where my director was saying, guys, you need to take note of what industry your buyers want, what location they want and how much they can afford to buy for. And it was one of those rainy day post-it notes that I thought I'll do that on a rainy day when I've got nothing else to do. So I got my marketing lead to produce a list of all my contacts. So at that stage I had 1,931 registered buyers and I went through each and every one of them, talked to them, text messaged them, emailed them, um, just checking in, where do you still want to buy? Is this what your buyer criteria is? What money are we still talking about? And I updated every single file of every single registered buyer. And then... Jesus, I can I just stop? Like that is a humongous effort right there. That's, so, Sally, I can see why you've got all of those awards sitting behind your head you. right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that took me from March to August to do that. Jeez Louise. Yeah, yeah. got out of isolation somewhere during that point, I'm guessing, yeah, yeah, right? Was, um, <laughs> I've only shaken one person's hand since March till now and that was because I forgot because I saw one of my colleagues <laughs> and I was so happy to see them like hi hi <laughs> oh my god my god I touched you <laughs> anywho um and then I had one of my colleagues was reaching out going Sally I've got all these young people that want to buy businesses and they're very uh, green they've got no business skills and I want to do joint venture business partners partnerships with them and I want to nurture them and support them and, and teach them in the ways of running businesses but how can I get access to your people and how can you connect me with what I do and I said well why don't we just have a get together and let's invite 20 or 25 people and we'll find a space and I'll invite a lawyer and I'll invite a, a um, financier and I'll, you invite some people I'll invite some people we'll have some wine and cheese and that'll be simple 
So I uh, also, when I'm connecting every day with people that are in my space, I met a new person in the um, interior design space and he invited me to come and see him, meet his team, see his space. And I saw his space and I'm like, wow, this would be perfect. We could have little groups of people here and there and we could do the classroom and we can set it up and, and I think this would be a great place to have an in-person um, training session one night. Mm. So we thought about that and we thought we could do the wine and cheese. Like we're already down to the wine and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. and I like it. And a nice simple plan, just a simple. few people in the room. People. Yeah. It's COVID, you know, you're still yeah. restricted on the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So then I did a LinkedIn post and I said, look, who's out there that's happy to come and meet with us and to have a chat and talk about what it is you're looking for? I'd love to be able to help you. Is anyone able to get to uh, inner Sydney one night after work? And all I heard was crickets and tumbleweeds. <laughs> so there was no interest at all in doing that. No, one, no, that's it, that's no, it, that's it. And no it's the new world, isn't it, you know? Yeah. So then I said to my team of trusted advisors that I'd connected with, I don't think anyone wants to see us in person, so let's do it online. I said, because we're all doing Zoom meetings, we're all comfortable with yeah. the technology, it's so much easier, people are busy, they've got kids and, you know, they're going to work all day and then they're expected to drive and Sydney traffic is mental and you can't park anywhere. So I said, it's easier if we just all do what we're doing now and we can all just um, somehow maybe make a two-hour window where everyone's available. And then we've got marketing people involved and the marketing people are like, well, maybe we do it differently. Maybe we look at doing education events one after the other. So you can have one hour of this person talking, one hour of the next person, one hour, because people didn't think that just um, 15 minutes would be anywhere near enough for the mm. doctors. And, and you know, and attending. that's true, isn't it? I guess the point of that is it's very hard to convey real information yeah, within in 15 minutes. Short time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone then decided that they'd like their own hour to talk with me and we decided that I would be interviewing all my trusted advisors and bringing up the topics that I hear day in, day out from new buyers uh, and they have no idea, they don't know what they don't know. So it's classic mm -hmm. Jahari's windows um, and they come to me and I try and lead them in the right direction. So the summit is giving me a chance to lead all the interested business buyers towards people that I know and trust. If they know and trust me, then mm. I recommend them to people that I know and trust. Mm. Then it's it's a supportive environment and it's a webinar so people are not going to see each other. They're not going to know that that person doesn't know as much as I don't know and it, mm. it takes the com competition out and it takes the embarrassment out mm. and people will be able to ask in a safe space. Mm. And I think it will be wonderful for people to add to their skills in a supported environment and straight away they've got a, a team from them that they know will be able to be with them for the long haul because mm. I'm playing the long game. Nothing happens overnight and these buyers will potentially be with us and be with, with all the trusted advisors for their lifetime. So mm. sometimes you meet people and you can help them with their first acquisition and their 22nd acquisition. Yeah. So I yeah. have a lot of repeat business and I know that everybody in my trusted advisor group will feel the same way. Mm. 
Love it. What a great backstory. I love it, Sally. So we've we've gone from let's organize something simple and small to now we're on a two-week virtual summit. (laughs) I love it. It's like not exactly the small uh, initial idea. And no wine and cheese. Like I'm sitting here on my own. wine and cheese. (laughs) Well, everyone can, I I guess, bring their own wine and cheese at home, can't they? All right, well, look, let's maybe have a little bit of a run through of the sorts of things that will be covered at the summit. And one of the things that I'd like to do as we run through it is just get your perspective on why are we talking about this topic and, you know, some of the stories about, you, you know, issues that you've seen that have led you to believe that, you know, this is a topic that is such a useful component of this summit. So how does the summit kick off? Where does it start from? So on day one, we've got all the trusted advisors. So all the panel members will be there. It'll be live. And I'll also have my managing director, Mark Jason, who is the owner of the Link Brokerage in the Sydney office. And I'll be quizzing him as well. And he'll be letting people know what business brokers are, what we do, um, and how we can value add with a transaction. Each of the other panel members will get five minutes. They'll introduce themselves, a little bit of an elevator pitch so you know who who you'll be speaking to, who you'll be listening to and what their presentation will be about. If you can't make all the eight nights, that's fine. If you just want to speak to, listen to Joanna and talk about more, you can just find <laughs> out on day one what night. Well, of course you'll want to hear that, won't you? <laughs> and then on the Wednesday night, you can just tune in for Joanna. If you want to do it live, you can be on there with us between eight and nine, Monday to Thursday. Um, if you want to listen to the recordings later, you can as well. But Monday night is just a night for everybody to meet the panel members and to get an overview of when each topic will be presented so you can organise your calendars. Brilliant. And then so we have here, um, I, I guess just breaking it down a bit, obviously, as you said, we, we'll hear all about um business brokers and how they're involved and what their role is. But then we also, we we have a, a cross-section of other areas. So we've got finance. So I guess we're digging into the financing side. And I, I think that's really important because from my perspective, buyers who don't have finance sorted, properly sorted out. Of course, everyone says that they've got it sorted out, but ultimately properly organised prior to an acquisition just slows everything down, doesn't it? You know, what What are some of the, you know, the main key issues that you've seen that have made you feel financing is so important to include in the summit? Doctors and dentists are very lucky. I guess it's not luck. The harder you work, the luckier you get is what I was always taught. But <laughs> I like that. We have to emphasize that. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, there's no luck in, in where you are. And, and I think tall poppy syndrome in Australia exists because of laziness in a lot of the cases, but we digress. So I think doctors <laughs> and dentists are eligible to get up to 100% of the purchase price. Yeah. As you know. So yeah. they can also buy the buildings and get up to 90 to 100% as well. So mm. in the space that I work in, um, compared to a lot of other brokers who really struggle with getting cafe owners finance, for example, mm. they've got to have at least 50%. My doctors can grow their business effectively with no money down. Oh, it's just, you know, and I mean, you know, isn't that just amazing? And yeah. that's, uh, you, I, I think sometimes people in the profession just don't quite 
in, in these industries don't quite realise how, <laughs> how good that is in their industry, you know. I mean, in comparison to other industries, I guess I mean. Yeah, not 100%. So it's a blessing. There are some financiers that are reactive. Some will text me, email me, um, send a carrier pigeon, and there's others and you don't hear from them from the beginning of mm. the transaction to the end of the transaction. So the financier that I've invited to come along today is super reactive. She's super quick. Um, and, and if it's a no, I know it's going to be a no within 10 days. If it's yeah. a yes, then we know before the 10 days that it's going to be a yes. So she's very reactive. She's very uh, positive and, and bubbly and an absolute pleasure to deal with. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a really, um, a really important, important topic. You know, the whole financing area. Of course, then we um, we also have legal, which of course I'm going to say is important. important. No deals get done without the lawyers in this state. Well, that's right. That's right. And and I guess. You, you know, some of the things that we want to make sure that um, buyers are aware of is just understanding that legal process and how long the process yeah. takes and, yeah. you know, what tips and tricks are in the process and how yeah. to make it move more smoothly yeah. um, because there's nothing like the pain of all parties involved when you have, we have a deal team or you have any p- advisors on the team who um, who slow the process down. So I guess. Um, Got it, one right now. Right. Right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So my buyer, absolutely delightful. My vendor's delightful. Um, but in his infinite wisdom, uh, he chose to sack his first lawyer and get a new lawyer on board. And the new lawyer just happened to be a Supreme Court solicitor. So unfortunately, because of that decision, we're still working through the processes. So, Joanna, the reason that I invited you to be on the team um, is because you're commercially minded. And a lot of people will get their brother-in-law's sister's friends Mm. and a lawyer because they all went to school together or they get their auntie's neighbours because they're a lawyer. But these people might be family lawyers, they might be criminal lawyers and unfortunately they're always in court and they're not commercially minded. So Mm. what I see time and time again is uh, lawyers that drag out the process unnecessarily and they're not completely across what happens in commercial law. I was speaking to Mm. a fellow broker a couple of weeks ago and an elderly lawyer was making inquiries about whether a business was capital gains tax free. Mm. And we're like, yeah, well, there is a recent law that came about 20 years ago. You might not be across (laughs) it. Oh, This is the reasons for engaging with commercial lawyers as opposed to other lawyers. (laughs) I love it. Well, of course, I'm going to agree. So uh, <laughs> I guess it's a bit redundant. But I'm, you know, 100%. I think the thing is, that the mistake that's often made is that people just don't understand how specialised area of business sales and acquisitions are, you know, and they just think lawyers are lawyers. Um, and they just don't realise that it's such a specialisation in and of itself. 100%. I think that's the, yeah. you know, that 100%. sort of that key that key mistake, you know, and um, they just don't understand 
the difference that can be made between, and it's not just the lawyers, it's the whole deal team, right? When And I, and I guess this is part of the reason for the summit so that um, buyers can recognise and understand when they're putting their deal team together, they're getting people who know the industries, know what they're doing and can make the process smooth together rather than, you, you know, a painful, drawn it's out It's been process. painful. This one that I'm still involved with at the moment, it's been painful on all sides. Mm. Just because the purchaser elected to engage the wrong lawyer. Mm, mm. No disrespect to that lawyer. Very highly skilled. <laughs> if you might be listening to them. Just not right for the job. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I, I think a couple of the other panel members that you have on board are, are particularly talking about um, if you're looking at acquiring a practice with others. Is that right? Yes. So it's the making the decision about whether to go it alone as a new business owner, operator, or whether there's validity and finding somebody that you believe would be a great joint venture business partner to have on your side who can bring the business acumen and knowledge to your buying entity. So mm. they'll be discussing the pros and cons of buying alone versus buying a lot, buying with a joint venture business partner. Mm. Brilliant. Okay. And of course, we have an interior designer on board as well, Sally. And, and what, what made you think about interior design as being part of the panel? I've walked into medical centres in the past and not one of the chairs in the waiting room matched. So I think we've yeah, got right. a long way from having the old pop-up sign outside the door and start running a medical centre mentality. Yeah. What we have now is, is high-tech, beautiful places where people want to come in for treatment. It's quite competitive, especially in the city. If your place looks old, tired and run down, um, do the patients think that the practitioners will be old, tired and run down because mm. that's the image that they're projecting. Mm. So what we're seeing a lot now is beautifully appointed interiors, especially with the specialists, with the dentists, and more so with the new medical centre styles. So your your staff need to feel that they're in a happy place to work. Your patients want to come to a clean, tidy, neat, beautiful place. Mm. And the practitioners also want to work in a, in a quality environment. So mm. what we're seeing now is a lot of people are spending um, significant money on interior design to make sure that apart from great patient flow, they also have a beautiful culture and a feeling about that environment. Different um, rates from interior designers. So it could be between 1600 and 1800 per metre square for a GP clinic, um, up to two and a half thousand per square metre for a specialist centre. So it's really important that you have an indication of how much you want to invest if you buy an old rundown practice um, and you've got a vision to make it a beautiful place, a place that people will attract patients and staff to come to then it's important to factor that in because your financier is potentially going to be supporting that as well. So it's important that you speak with an interior designer uh, for that purpose. Love it. Okay, fabulous. And I, you know, I, I can absolutely see that that's a real example of something that buyers may just not even really think through in terms of making sure they understand what that's going to look like in, mm. in terms of cost. I went through a clinic not long ago and there was 11 filing, um, what are they called, filing drawers, filing cases, and they were all full of hard patient files. And then mm. you go into other clinics and they've got 
it's all electronic and they might just yeah. have two desks on the table and it looks so much better than having yeah. an old-fashioned cluttered yeah. space with mismatched wardrobes for um, for organising their medical consumables and yes. their mismatched chairs, whatever they didn't need in their dining room. So Yes. <laughs> Oh, Sally, I love that you come to it with a bit of humour as well. <laughs> you don't laugh, you cry, right? No, you <laughs> Okay, and then, um, you know, and, and I think we should also add it. Well, we've got three other panellists, insurance, marketing and um, lean technology, but I guess going to marketing next, I think marketing is such a critical component, obviously, for any business. But, but um, you know, once again, maybe something that buyers aren't really thinking about at that time of acquisition, but I think, you know, it's important that they understand what can they do once they own the practice? How will this work? How will they continue to generate the revenue and hopefully grow it? 100%. So there's many opportunities now to get recognition from the patients and people are a lot more mobile than they used to be as well. So if they're using online bookings, they can get a patient that just happens to be in the area looking for a doctor who's got an available booking. They can go online and use uh, health engine or hot dogs. And all. But if you're not marketing your practice the right way, you're missing out on all those opportunistic patients who might become regular patients. So it's a great way to build your database as well. Mm. Uh, there are restrictions within this uh, industry of what you can and can't advertise. So rather than stay across all the legislation surrounding what you can and can't do, engage with a professional. that This is their bread and butter and I know that she's fantastic at what she does and she's really there to support and guide practice owners on how best to brand and market their practice, especially when there's a new practitioner, it's important. Do you know what I say, Joanna, and it's probably awful advice? I say when you've got a new practice, get one of those stand-up men that blow around in the breeze and let them know that there's a new practitioner inside. I'm sure <laughs> there's better I ways of doing it. it. Now, now we can pick all the, all the practices that have been sold through you, Sally. They're all the ones with the, the blowy man out the front. But there's got to be better <laughs> ways to do it, right? Marcus is not my strong suit. So that's why you need to get a professional marketer on your side and not me. <laughs> We can't all be good at the same things, right? That's right. <laughs> no, I just I can't get past it. The blowy man. I love it. Sally, you're too funny. Um, okay, and then we have insurance and lean technology. I want to talk quickly about lean technology. I mean, it just sounds fabulous, doesn't it, lean technology? What, what's this all about? So it's about managing your costs. A lot of the time, and I'm the worst, uh, this is my handwriting and no one else can read it but me. So Okay, so for people who are just listening here, um, I can confirm Sally has shown to the video something that is incomprehensible to any human, I believe. So if, if, yeah, exactly. My mum always says you should have been a doctor, so this is the next closest thing I could, I used to be, I used to say people, trust me, I'm a doctor recruiter. And now it's a, trust me, I'm a doctor, broker. Handwriting. When you go in as a new patient and they give you the clipboard to fill it out and my eights always look like sixes and people say, we rang you and, you know, you didn't answer. I'm like, well, I've got no missed calls. 
Mm. So I think getting rid of paper and making it easier for patient transfer of information is such a no-brainer. Mm. And Peter's very passionate about what he does and making um, efficient systems for within clinics. So you go and you use an iPad instead of a pen and paper. Mm. You go in and it's like going to a government office now. You take a ticket and you're registered as, as arriving. The other thing that we can do is have, uh, instead of people sitting there, I'm the worst, I'm so impatient, I sit in a doctor's clinic and if I'm not seen within five minutes, I'm thinking I'm wasting my time here, my time is money mm. and this person should have texted me to say that their clinician was running late mm. and I could have just gone and done another errand. So mm. there's now technology to let the patients know if doctor's running late, doctor's running early, doctor's sick and they have to postpone and can we reschedule your appointment. So these are all the lean technologies that Peter's talking about. It frees up your receptionist to actually talk to people, maybe make someone a cup of tea or get someone a glass of water. But they're building relationships for your practice and your front people, they're the face of your business. If you don't have great reception, you look at all the, the, the recommendations on Google, the good ones and the bad ones, receptionist was lovely, receptionist was nasty. Mm. So a lot of the time what your clinical skills are and how they're perceived by your patients mm. can be overshone, overshone. Not yeah, sure overshadowed. Yeah, yeah, overshadowed totally. By <laughs> and all of them. <laughs> and if you've got a bad receptionist and if that patient has a bad patient experience, they're going to vote with their feet. And yeah. unfortunately, one unhappy person will tell 10. Mm. And it takes an extraordinary event for a happy person to tell anyone. Mm. So it's really important to manage people's expectations and their experiences. Mm, brilliant. Okay, I absolutely love it. Um, and then I guess uh, last in our lineup is insurance. Um, last but not least, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, insurance not necessarily always the most exciting thing to um, think about and yet so, so, so important. So, you know, clearly that's why um, we have insurance on the panel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I spoke to one very influential lady in the doctor community. She told me she has 26 types of insurance. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess that's covering the board, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's really important that uh, people are appropriately insured. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, premature death. Uh, um, you need to make sure that your family is looked after because mm. you've worked hard all your life to get to the stage where you are owning your own practice. But if you've got no income coming in and whether it's only temporary or whether it's permanent, then it's important that your family is looked after, that your staff are also in a position where they can keep working because it's not just your family, it's potentially all your staff's family as well. Mm. Um, so we're talking about a whole range of insurances that are appropriate and getting them from day one, it, it, it could be an absolute game changer if you have... I mean, we have some pretty crazy weather in Australia. If you've got flooding, mm. if, you're, if you've got mm. high winds, if you've got anything that impacts on your business and your business can't run, then mm. you've still got to pay the rent, you've still got to pay the electricity, you've still got to pay the staff. So there's a lot of fixed costs that you need to make sure are covered in the event that there is some unforeseen reason why you can't be working in your clinic. Brilliant. Well, look, I just want to say a massive thank you for, for that outline, Sally. I mean, this really is... Uh, the path to purchase, isn't it? Like such an apt name. I absolutely love the name because there's so many components here that, um, in fact, 
sitting, uh, being listed on their own could seem very overwhelming. But I think the fact that information can be provided and buyers can get their head around each of these areas and have someone map out that that path for them really breaks it down and turns it from something overwhelming into something that is really manageable. Um, And manageable also because it becomes really obvious about the people that are important to have on that deal team, that, you know, group of trusted advisors that um, you're referring to. And I must say, I have to say, Sally, I applaud you because you have got so, it's so clear from, you know, hearing you talk about each of these areas, how much connection you have to your clients and how you see each of these, you know, gaps in their knowledge as being something that, um, you know, could be so helpful to be Uh able to fill in for them. And, Uh um, you know, that's, it's such a client centric approach. And once again, obviously why you have so many awards sitting behind you right there in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So I did work in the customer service for years and I got a testimonial yesterday from a dentist that I showed a practice to on the weekend and she was just so grateful for my help and support and she won't buy that practice but, you know, she'll probably buy another practice with me. Mm. Um, but just on a, on a closing note, I spoke to a couple um, last night, two mates that want to go into business together. Um, they're looking at buying practice together maybe June. So I said to them, it'd be great if you jump onto the summit and I'll make sure that you get the invitations because I think you're open to learning and you both know that there's a lot to learn before we get the practice that you're looking for. I want you to look at multiple practices before you decide on the right one. Mm. But I think starting and learning and meeting all these people will be absolutely beneficial to your journey. So they don't want to buy just one practice together. They're they're married to other doctors. They've got family members in pharmacy and, and dental and probably those people will go on and work with me for many years to come. So I think Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity for for anyone that's thinking about buying a business now in the next year or two to certainly get involved with the summit and and listen whenever you can, whether it's live or on the recorded viewing. Brilliant. Well, Sally, um, this has been fabulous. Um, And firstly, you're just a wealth of information. I just love how you know so much about all of these topics. And whilst you've got together a panel of the specialists, I reckon you could do it all on your own as well. (laughs) Listen to you. (laughs) No, and and I just, you know, once again, I I know I said this before, but I just love your customer-centric approach. And I just love, you know, highlighting what you said uh, just now about talking to your buyers and saying, you know, you're going to have to look at a number of practices and, you know, you're, you're about finding the right, practice for the right people you know and um that's just and clearly why you get a lot of repeat clients as well thank you no pressure from me I'm not into trying to fit a square into a triangle but if people have looked at eight practices with me and we haven't found one yet then I'm going to go back to them and say well your key criteria for buying a practice I don't think is clear in your head so then we'll talk about that what it is they're really looking for so that they know 
because scatter, scattergun approach just doesn't work. It wastes everyone's time. So I encourage everyone to make sure that they've got their key selection criteria clear in their head. What do they want? Because if they don't know, then they're never going to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, look, once again, you've heard all about a path to purchase, which is an online virtual summit for aspiring practice owners and, and the, you know, the industries we're tackling here that, that is particularly relevant to. I actually think it's relevant to just business buyers as a whole. But, you know, in, in particular, we're talking to um, buyers of medical practices, dental practices, allied health practices. Have I missed anyone out here, NDIS. Sally? NDIS. NDIS. Yep. Yep, brilliant. Okay, wonderful. Um, and we'll have a link in the show notes so that you can go through and register. But it might be that you're listening to this podcast into the future and now you're kicking yourself because you have missed the opportunity to join the virtual summit. Well, don't worry. We will find a way to make it available to you. Um, I don't exactly know how, but we will be updating the show notes um, after the summit has run with a way for you to still... Um, uh, be able to access this material or the recording of the material. And in any event, you'll always be able to access Sally and, of course, myself, and we'll put all of our links through in the show notes and to um, all of the other panellists who are involved in this fabulous um, summit. Now, Sally, I just want to say a huge thank you. I want to say I'm really looking forward to the summit. The process so far has been great. It's just a great bunch of people um, who are involved um, and such a good idea idea I just think it's a brilliant idea thank you Joanna for your time and support of course Uh, I think also coming out of COVID and there's been a lot of negativity and there's been a lot of depressed markets and a lot of inactivity so I think this has really given us all something to focus on in a positive way Mm. and I know that it's going to add value to so many people's lives and I'm, I'm really excited to be getting behind this and and supporting everybody so you can you can get a job on your own, but you can't buy a business on your own. You need a team to support you, and I think the mm-hmm. dream team that we've got around us now for this summit is um, is really going to be a team that works well together and will support each other. It's like we said, we're playing the long game here, and we look forward to engaging and helping with everyone any which way we can. Absolutely, and I love it. the The dream team. I I'd missed that before. I love it. Okay, I'm I'm going with that too. I love it, Sally. The dream team. Okay, wonderful. Well, Sally Stewart, a massive thank you for joining us on the Deal Room podcast today. Thanks, Joanna. Well, that's it for our episode with Sally Stewart from Link business broking New South Wales, where we, of course, have today dissected the most amazing summit um, that is currently being launched, the path to purchase. Now, as uh, Sally and I mentioned um, during our discussion, if you have missed the virtual summit, then don't fear, we will still have links on our show notes um, and also over at our website, thedealroompodcast.com, to a way for you to access this summit into the future. But if you are hearing this now before the summit that kicks off on the 19th of October 2020, then make sure you click 
into the link that is in the show notes or over on our podcast episode page for this podcast episode. Click the link, register yourself in. It's absolutely free to attend and um, you get access to a panel of eight advisors talking all about all of the things that you need to think about in your path to purchase. And of course, over at our website, thedealroompodcast.com, you will also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. We've got a number of services to help guide businesses through both sales and acquisitions and a team of legal eagles who are waiting there ready to assist. Well, and um, before I finish up today, just one last reminder. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to go into your podcast player and hit subscribe so we are delivered to your phone every Thursday as we release a new episode on the Deal Room Podcast. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast. We'll see you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Deal Room Podcast.